Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our and from and from our our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In the Sundays in the one-year lectionary leading up to Lent, there's a great theme that can be derived from each one of them, and they're based on the three solas, uh, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, right? I think I'm getting that right. Um, This one for today is grace alone, that God's grace is great, and that he does with his grace what he wants, even with those who don't seem to work very hard for it, because that's the point of grace, right? That we are... We are given this as a free gift of God to say that you are not the one who saves yourself or anybody else, that God alone does that work, and it is glorious and wonderful. So sometimes it might be hard for us who understand this well. I mean, Lutherans capitalize on this, grace alone, grace alone. And so when we read the the parable from Matthew chapter 20, kind of find ourselves scratching our heads a bit, because at the end there, you get this group of people who work really, really hard, and at the end, they see the folks that only worked for one hour during a day, and they get the exact same thing. And the hard part for us might be, who is really grumbling? Who doesn't really understand God's grace? Who doesn't understand that God does what he wants with what belongs to him? One thing that I wish that the translation got a little bit better for us today was uh, in uh, verse 15, when the master is telling the grumblers, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? The Greek really says, or is your eye evil because I am good? That those who grumble, they look with bad intent and they try and find all kinds of things that they can be discontent about according to their sinful flesh. Jesus has something to say about this in Matthew chapter 6 during the Sermon on the Mount when he says, let me find it here, when he says, Um, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is, how great is the darkness? That we sometimes maybe give ourselves a little too much credit and say, who doesn't understand grace? Who wouldn't? look at these people and say, I'm just glad that you're working beside me. But sometimes we forget our own selves. We forget how sinful we are or how sinful we can be, how strong the pull of our flesh is, how the eye wanders and finds reasons to complain. The eye has a way of finding things that it shouldn't find and construing things in the way that it shouldn't so that we don't put the best construction on things or um, we just 
don't really care about the other person enough to really think that way about them. So in essence, we by ourselves have eyes that are evil. They seek out the things that they ought not. They are the gateway to our soul in some sense, the lamp of our body, and it becomes easily corrupted. How easily do we, uh, how easily are we led astray by what we see? A little bit of a rant for me, but that's why we don't have a TV. But that's why we, have, we don't have a TV up in our house. The TV is, uh, you know, some might argue, say, well, there's great films to be watched. There's all stuff, but I mean, have you seen the commercials on lately? They're horrible. I, honestly, I can't say if they're really bad or not. It's been a while since I've actually watched TV, but the last time we did, it was terrible. It was absolutely horrible. And and if you were to watch. TV nowadays, you say, well, it's no big deal. You've probably been, been conditioned because I bet if your great-great-grandparents saw what was on TV now, they would just faint with terror, thinking that, you know, on every other commercial is pornography. It's horrible. So how far have we fallen without even realizing it? How bad is the eye that we see this world through? We need to check ourselves from time to time and remind ourselves that we are susceptible to being those people that grumble. The people that stay in church, that do all the things we need to do, and then when somebody else comes along and gets the same amount of grace or credit for the faith that they have, it's just as good as ours, we might get a little prickly sometimes. So we have to be careful. Sometimes we begrudge new people coming in to our church. Not just this one. The church has had this problem for a while. The established people in a church might have a problem with new folks, but um, I'm glad to say that I don't really see that often here. If I did, I'd pull up this parable, right? Just be glad there are more people in the vineyard. Be glad that there's more work to go around. Be glad that more people can be a blessing in this way. Don't begrudge God's generosity by giving you more people, right? So that you who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat, many hands make for light work, as they say. The Bible doesn't say that, but it's still true nonetheless. That the more people we have, the better off we will be because the more people we have to be the hands and feet of Christ. But our eye is evil. We are tempted to think badly about other people. And we are tempted to be idolatrous for certain things that other people don't understand is so important to you. I could go on and on about all these different things that we have before us, but the bottom line is this parable is about the church. This parable is about us. What kind of work are we doing? Are we glad for more people or are we just grumbling because they're going to get the same thing that we do even though we've worked so hard for what we've got? Again, you may balk at that and say, I, I would never think that. But the thing is, is that the workers who worked throughout the day in the parable probably didn't think that themselves. But when the night came, their true colors were shown. So this is a warning for us to really check ourselves and to see what kind of race do we run. 
Like St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, that every athlete exercises self-control in all things. That we in the church are susceptible to this world. Our eye wanders for the things that are good and pleasing, but that God has not necessarily said is good for us to have. So we have to be careful that if our eye is bad, we can run off the track as we run. So our eyes need to be cleansed with God's word to see clearly that his lamp of light, that is Christ, his word made flesh, that he shows us the right way to go so that we don't run aimlessly, so that we don't box as one beating so, so that we don't box as one beating the air, but we discipline our body. We keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, we should be disqualified. That before we can go out to other people and tell them the wonderful news of Christ, we first have to tell them, and well, first of all, we have to examine ourselves. And we have to know where we stand by ourselves apart from God's grace and give thanks to him for the grace that he has granted to us through our Lord, through our Lord Christ, so that we can go to others and tell them and show them the light of his word that tells them just how bad this world really is, that tells them just how evil that Satan is, how cunning he is to try and get us to believe all sorts of horrible things. And he does it in a way that we don't even really expect. So we have to be careful what we see, what we hold on to, what we trust in, what we put our fear in, what we love. We have to be careful, lest the night comes when no one can work And we are found to be the ones that grumble and say that these folks, they only worked one hour. So why do they get the same thing that we do? Because one thing that is terrifying is if God himself, Christ himself, would look to us on the last day and say, take what belongs to you and go. Because what belongs to us by ourselves is nothing but damnation. And hell, that's all that we've earned for ourselves by ourselves. But God, through his great grace, through his great love, has given us life everlasting, not because of what we have done, but because of what Christ has done. So that we would know his his goodness, his great generosity, that in the last, they will be first, and the first, last, And the first being last will rejoice because they could give their place up to somebody else to experience God's glory first. And that is Christ-like. So for us, as we go forward today, let us run our race with clear eyes, knowing where we should run so that we do not grumble, so that we know that our spiritual rock is Christ himself, so that we could drink freely of his mercy, and his great life that was won for us that we now have for all time. Let us not grumble when new people come our way, 
Let us not grumble that great opportunity to share God's love and to share his truth, to shine a light on sin and to grant God's grace according to his word so that they may run that race right beside us and run that race of faith to win it, knowing that it has already been won through Christ. And the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.